Hello, everyone. In this episode, we will talk about the very intriguing NBA schedule. But first, we're going to review the Donovan Mitchell trade and see which teams made the biggest improvements this NBA offseason. Welcome to Dimes. JR, welcome back. Are you as excited as I am to be back on the pod? I am excited. It's been a long couple weeks of break, but we are back. We are. NBA is about a month away. The only thing we missed was probably the biggest thing of the offseason. Donovan Mitchell not going to the New York Knicks as many people anticipated, including Mitchell himself, as he said in a Brian Windhorst interview today. But he went to the Cleveland Cavaliers for basically little scraps, a little Lori marketing thrown in there, and a ton of picks, a summer of picks being traded. JR, I'm not going to ask the ceiling of the Cavs and being a party pooper. I'm just going to say, what does an ideal Cavs game look like in your mind? Does Garland have the ball? They going through Mobley is a defense first. How much is Mitchell involved? What do you got? What's on the noggin? I think that they have an opportunity to really capitalize on what Garland was doing last year. I think that maybe he should remain as the primary ball handler and then let Mitchell take over with a little bit more experience. Maybe if they're like behind or it's a crunch time, but cause you know, Mitchell can score. That's the thing he's really good at. I want to see if Mitchell can really lock in on defense, help out Mobley a little bit, help out Allen a little bit down low. Um, but I think Garland should stay as the primary ball handler. He's blossoming right now. Let that continue to happen, right? I agree. That feels like it should happen in theory. Garland did a great job of managing that offense. When everyone was healthy, they were on pace to be a 50-win team. This addition of Donovan Mitchell could in a worst case scenario, stunt the growth of Garland. I don't see how both Garland and Mobley can continue to grow. You know what I mean? I totally understand. And I guess what I'm saying is, sorry, Mobley, you're going to have to take a defensive you <laughs> oh, know, no. mindset to here, which maybe isn't great for his growth, but I think he has the potential to be like, incredibly amazing on the defensive end and probably pretty good on the offensive end, but let's just kind of assign roles now that the roster is, is basically set. That is a good feeling, right? As a Cavs fan, like there's no more space for anyone else. So it's just like, these are your guys. So maybe they're thinking, you know, trade Jared Allen to eventually make space for Mobley at the five, but that worked so well last year, Allen and Mobley together, these, twin towers of defense protecting the very small, very not good at defense, Darius Garland. You mentioned Donovan Mitchell could raise his defensive intensity to his younger years, and that could be really beneficial for their perimeter defense. I just don't know, like, are we about to see James Harden and Chris Paul? 
like mm. on the Rockets. But then again, Mobley, I want if I'm a Cavs fan, I want Mobley to have the ball too. I think this could be a sticky situation, but last year was also a sticky situation. Like Garland and Mobley, even if they were healthy, what would they have actually done in the playoffs? Yeah, good point. If you're a Cavs fan, you want to see your guys continue to get better. But newsflash, Mitchell's really good. So he can also <laughs> take a lot of the burden off. You know, maybe both of them don't blossom as quickly, but uh, Mitchell's an incredible player, probably the best player on the team. Yeah. You know what? I was just falling trap to put the potential game, right? I mean, like, you're right. Mitchell is better than Garland right yeah. now. Yeah. So best case scenario, maybe Garland becomes as good as Mitchell. Maybe one day Garland scores 50 points in a playoff game. God, you always reel me back in, JR, with your sage, <laughs> sage wisdom about the Cavs and Mitchell. Because you've been on this Mitchell train. If this train lands in the ocean, you're driving the whole uh, thing down there. I'm, I am driving, exactly. I've, I've been on Mitchell from the beginning, and I ain't getting off now. <laughs> God, the Cavs. So between them, the Hawks, who traded for DeJounte Murray, and the Minnesota Timberwolves with the Rudy Gobert trade, like which of those three teams would you prefer to be in the playoffs? I mean, like who has the better chance? They're all trying to do the same thing. I, I would say the Cavs got the best player, mm-hmm. but did they get the best fit? What do you just think of those three teams, the biggest offseason movers? Yeah, it's no secret if you've listened to the previous episodes that I don't really favor Gobert too much. So I might just strike them out um, right off the bat. So really, to me, it comes down to the Cavs or the Hawks. And it's really a case of which one do you maybe value more? Do you value the team in the Cavs to continue to blossom and get even better this year? Or do you value, hey, I actually think the Hawks with this addition after a one-year lull can return to their conference final abilities, right? I think I would lean towards the Cavs right now. Yeah, right. They Uh, got the best player. They got the best player. They're not recovering from a dip. They are just still on the rise. There's no dip Mm -hmm. to overcome. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks were much better this year, Um, but I would go with the Cavs. I think they have the best chance of going far. As you were talking there, I was thinking, man, what if Mitchell went to the Hawks and DeJounte went to the Cavs? Hmm. Like, then you have a defensive guy next to Garland. Garland does the playmaking and still lets Mobley thrive. And the Hawks are just like, we're going to score 135 points per game. Right. Donovan Mitchell, don't even think about defense ever again. (laughs) Just doing some real quick NBA fanfic in, in my head. But I agree with the actual reality of the NBA and the situation we're in. Mitchell and the Cavs probably have the highest expectations as well as the best ability to meet those expectations. Speaking of expectations, JR, the NBA schedule was was released also in our break. And we're going to get into all of the great games that we have coming up. We got some categories. We're going to pick our the best game, our most curious game, best rivalry, all when we come back from this break. 
we are back from that break and back on the pod. That couple weeks was good. Kept me fresh and ready to talk NBA again. The NFL season started. And this made me think like, man, what NBA games am I most excited for? I thought, what is a better way to talk about the massive NBA schedule than a fun little categories game that we're going to do here? First one, starting off hot. What is going to be the best game of the first week of NBA play? It starts October 18th on a Tuesday. It goes that first week. We have lots of classic matchups between the highest rated teams in the Western and Eastern conferences. But my number one is on that first Friday, first Friday night, October 21 on ESPN. And that's the healthy and revamped Denver Nuggets going into Golden State and saying, we're here, folks. Warriors are reigning champs, but they've never faced the fully healthy Nuggets. and those Warriors are going to have to show how they're going to defend their number one threat on the interior in Nikola Jokic. I am so pumped for that late Friday night game. Yeah, that's an incredible one. I mean, the MVP is going to come back out. What is he going to set the tone with for his going for his third straight MVP going against the champs? (laughs) Small pivot. (laughs) Do you think he can like, He's kind of in the perfect situation to get a third straight, right? Because the other two, he hasn't been a one seed. True, true. He might actually have a good team to go with the rest of his resume this year for the first time. Mm -hmm. He's like that perfect situation. I mean, I'm just getting so excited about the NBA. I can't just, I can't stop. JR, (laughs) what is your best game of the first week? My best game of the first week actually happens on night two, October 19th. Set the stage a little bit. These two teams met in the playoffs Ooh. this past year. Uh-huh. And, a, and a little guy named Luka Doncic <laughs> tore, the ha- tore the heart out of Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, man. So on night two, the Mavs walk into Phoenix. And I think Luka picks up right where he left off. <laughs> oh, man. So I was looking at that game, that Mavs-Suns game. And I was thinking, like, okay. The Suns have to be fired up for that game, right? Yeah. But then I'm like, but Luke is so good at basketball. Here, here's what I thought. Sure, Phoenix is hyped up for that game, but they are they have to still be recovering from the clobbering that Luka Doncic did to them. I mean, and guess what? Brunson's gone. Um, but Luca beat him all by themselves anyway. So he doesn't even need Brunson. <laughs> yeah, like can, can Dinwiddie. Can everyone just fall in line? Because that's what, maybe that's not the best way to win a championship. But that's a pretty good way to be extremely successful uh, as far as the Mavericks have gone. It's just like, okay, everyone just do something whenever Luca gives you the ball. Just try to do something beneficial. The addition of Christian Wood mixes it up a little bit where the Suns are just running it back for the third straight year. With the peak of that team being up Two games to nothing in the NBA Finals. So pretty high peak. Uh, But still, some people are older in a negative way, Chris Paul, and some people are older in a positive way, Booker, Aiden, and Bridges. Yeah. That game really intrigued me as well 
Obviously, I went Nuggets Warriors, but for our next category, best rivalry, I had that Mavs Suns game because I'm looking, I'm looking around. I'm like, man, there's not a lot of, first of all, there's not a lot of true rivalries in the NBA, but like what Luca did laughing, uh, (laughs) laughing, to the Suns, laughing at the Suns, that Sunday game was embarrassing. Did you have any other contenders for best game of the first week? I just wanted to let you know, I love that game too. I just picked it as my rivalry. Yeah, oh, I actually had your game as well, the Nuggets Warriors. Um, for some young guys, I, I wrote down, uh, also on October 19th, the Magic played the Pistons. We could see a little Boncaro play. A little Cade Cunningham, a little Jaden Durin, Jaden Ivey. So that's just like a cool second night. Let's see all these young guys play, go up against each other. <laughs> it's really interesting that the Magic and Pistons finally have some young players to be interested in. Because right, usually that's yeah. like a, all right, this is the one game I do not care about at all. Sorry, Pistons Magic fans, get better at drafting honestly get better at drafting but we actually want to see these young guys i mean and it's not like they're we're not seeing Boncaro go against the warriors it's like they're going against another like not good team so it might actually be a good little back and forth there good pick i like it i'm interested that's all <laughs> great nick leave that in <laughs> the best rivalry I already gave mine away because you stole it from me i was really bummed that there are no Nets Sixers games in the first like four or five weeks of the season. I get, they're saving it for later. Those two teams are in the same division, which doesn't really matter in the NBA, but that still means you're going to play each other four times minimum. And none of them are early season. Maybe they're thinking, hopefully Ben Simmons will be back for later, but that has the potential to be a, feud 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 obviously you have Simmons and Harden traded for each other you have Joel Embiid who's not afraid to say anything who could be the best player on the floor you got Kyrie Irving and James Harden clashing Kevin Durant and James seem to be pretty chill but Durant's not afraid to do anything or say anything to anybody either I'm very bummed that there's not one of those games early in the season because of that I went Suns Mavs what rivalry did you find JR? Yeah, it was interesting, like you said, that game not being early in the season. You would think kind of trying to get everyone excited, but they they have that thing that they do, I think, toward the end of January, the rivalry week. Mm. Um, so they have like 11 straight nationally televised games that are supposed to be the NBA's best rivalries. So I picked one from there. I really want to see the Grizzlies and the Warriors. It does happen during that rivalries week. Um, I just think another playoff rematch, and I want to see how big of a step Ja can take. Because he's going to need a big one. Right? He's going to need a big one. Steph is still Steph, um, but he's young. He should be getting better, just like every under 25 player should still be getting better. I wonder what he focused on, because he can't really get more athletic. Right. Impossible, some would say. So... I'm really setting the bar high for him here, but if he doesn't take a pretty big step forward on like defense and three-point shooting, I know we talk about Giannis like, oh, he doesn't need to be a three-point shooter because he's so good at everything else. I believe that. I think Ja can get better at three-point shooting. I think that wouldn't hurt his game one bit. As a small guy, he has to. Yeah. I mean, the, the Giannis 
thrives because he's a giant, because he's the size of a center. Ja, as we've seen with many an athletic point guard, if you don't adapt, <laughs> readapt, apt, Michael Scott, if you don't adapt, you're going to fall to the wayside because injuries will happen. The human body cannot sustain itself for this long. Even if you're LeBron James, you only have like 17 solid years before your body starts breaking down. John Morant has to add a three. Absolutely has to. And with Jaron Jackson out skis for how long? First few months of the season, at least. Yeah. I mean, the thing that kept the Grizzlies alive when John Morant was injured was their incredible defense. And if that anchor is gone, then don't style los wins it's on you john morant and that rivalry week that game against the warriors depends on defense because no one's stopping steph you gotta yes. slow him you gotta slow him a little bit gotta slow him more than the celtics did in that game four boom celtics fire him up <laughs> i'm just so happy to be back on the pod jr <laughs> talking basketball with my friend is anything better <laughs> There's nothing better in the world. We only got one more month. Yeah. All right. Most curious, JR. What game are you most curious to see? You don't know what's going to happen. What game, JR? I have no idea what's going to happen on January 16th mm. when the Heat travel a little bit north to Atlanta to face the Hawks. Oh, interesting. And Atlanta's north of Miami. I guess it's north. Yeah. <laughs> Miami's very south. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I picked the right direction there. Yeah. Uh, here's why it's curious. Mm. New new running partner, DeJounte and Trey Young. And I think that the Heats are like a really good team to test yourself at. It's in January. It's like before the All-Star break. So everyone's warm. These teams are happy. These teams are what they're going to be. I think the Heat are really good. They're well coached. I think that's a really good test to try out. They're gonna, the Heat are gonna throw the perfect scheme at you. They have good defense. They have good shooting. They have Jimmy who's gonna get in your head. So if you can weather all of that during this game, we'll see what you really have. That the Heat are the perfect team for that. You're right, because they play intense all the time they're getting into fights with their coach during the regular season that's how intense they're playing so of course they're going to get into a fight with you and if you can't hang with the heat who have a playoff intensity all the time you're definitely not going to be able to hang with the bucks and the celtics and whoever else you want to put atop the eastern conference that's a great test the one i'm most curious about sunday november 13th 5 p.m Central Standard Time, and it's on League Pass. So set your calendar alert now, folks. We talked about these two teams already. T-Wolves at Cleveland Cavaliers. We got <laughs> the first time Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell face off. The only time Mitchell's allowed to dunk on Rudy Gobert in years. We also got a couple twin towers going at each other. Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Anthony Edwards, extremely explosive young player going up against 
Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. You got D'Angelo on the other side. I think this game piques my curiosity because they're both trying to do the same thing. Both franchises took players, four picks, trying to win now from the Utah Jazz. And I want to see who's better. Who got the better player? Who got the better fit, really? Because there's no way the Cavs were going to try to get Rudy. But, man, I I just don't – with those two teams, I'm so curious. I don't believe in the T-Wolves. I have a little more belief in the Cavs in terms of actual success in the playoffs. But this matchup, I just want to – just need to get my teeth into it. Just want to see what's going to happen. Exactly. That's that's a really good matchup. I don't really remember if I said the Timberwolves were going to be worse or not. Like you, I don't have a lot of faith in them, uh, Rudy being on the team now. But they're going to be good. Like, this is going to be a good game. Just because, like, I I don't value Rudy as much as someone else. Like, this is going to be a great matchup. It will be. And for the Cavs, there were so many games just looking at their schedule like the first 10 games they play the warriors the clippers and the celtics twice so i was like do i want to pick one of those matchups where they're gonna have to figure out do we try to go small ball or do we stay with our identity and try to force those teams into playing more kevon looney into playing al horford into playing zubach so I was interested in one of those, like, do I want to see the small ball? It's like, okay, well, no, I'll, I'll see that eventually. But this Mitchell, Gobert, these two teams that did the same thing, trying to rise up into the upper echelon of the playoffs. I'm just really excited for that, that 5 p.m. Sunday afternoon. Hope the Chiefs aren't playing that day. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they are, I might not tune in. But that's a good point as well. We know Mitchell and Gobert don't like each other. So they're probably Mm -hmm. amping up their respective teams being like, let's go get this guy. Like, we got to win this game. Yeah, (laughs) this was, I just feel this is coming from a place of zero knowledge about this particular situation. I just feel like people don't like Rudy Gobert, right? I just feel like he's an unlikable guy. Yeah, I wonder if people yeah and you're speaking about like other nba players or fans both people people at the coffee shop fans (laughs) people don't even know he's an nba player i think it's because of the jealousy like those smaller smaller like six six skill guys are like man if only i was seven two then i would be the best player in nba history and i don't know i mean people lebron and kevin durant openly made fun of Rudy Gobert as they were not picking him. Like they just wouldn't do that with like most other people ever. Like they've done other drafts, but they just, it's something about Rudy. I don't know if he's a jerk or they just don't like him because he plays defense. Who knows? But another interesting thing I want to be, I'm curious to see if the Timberwolves will actually get along. I think that could go so poorly. The opposite of something going poorly. When will we, when will something be going so great? We get some early MVP chance. The earliest MVP chance I got on my board. It's going to be pretty early. October 26th. The Lakers 
coming to Denver. Oh. ESPN. The Nuggets fans, they're up. They are ready to show LeBron James, a player that I assume has beaten them many, many times, who is the new king of the Western Conference, and Nikola Jokic. And I think when Jokic puts on the show, I think they'll be ready to start throwing those MVP chants, not just for Jokic, but truly against LeBron. I think they're going to be ready to see Jokic rise up and we're going to be getting those MVP as Patrick Beverly fouls out on some hack on Jokic in the fourth (laughs) quarter as the Nuggets are up 35. And, you know. Yeah, very good point. I think my brain is not letting me get there to like think that realistically he could win it three times in a row. Sure. And yet I have him written down for this category <laughs> because he's that good. He's just in the perfect situation. So what game do you have him? So I have him a little bit later. I kind of took this as when I think two MVP, MVP candidates are going to be playing each other. Mm. I don't know. Maybe LeBron no. has a revital. revital okay, no. No, no, no. 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 I had January 28th. The Nugs at the Sixers. Oh, <laughs> I think yes. a little Jokic Embiid tussle is going to happen. Mm, Not a little fight, it? but just like the most intense battle of centers that we've had in a long, long time. And it just actually happened. Like was last year, they didn't like obviously those teams played, but they didn't play against each other. Right. Right. Like we got to see it happen. And Nuggets fans, you got to show out because Philly's going to be going wild so plan your vacay now nuggets fans get in there and have those counter mvp chants to joel's exactly exactly now philadelphia does come uh to denver later but this is their first matchup i think tensions are going to be high i think by this point in the season it's like a month before the all-star break i think you know, people like to crown who they think is gonna, the MVP is going to be in the first week of basketball. But like this game, I feel like if it's kind of even Jokic and Bede, if they're the front runners, let's see who wins. We got to be on MVP watch early and then ignore that first guy because <laughs> yeah, Steph Curry was the no doubt 100% MVP 20 games into the season when the Warriors and Suns were battling to see who was going to lose their next game. They were on this huge win streak, both of them. They played each other. It was great. Curry was all over the place. And then it was like, by the end of the season, 0% chance he was going to win. Zero. He was a lock. And not like a my lock, but like he was a lock to win MVP. And then it just faded away. So forget the first guy. It's some guy in the middle later. Best return. I texted you these categories. We talked about it. I didn't really explain. So here's what I meant with my best return. Return of two longtime injured players. Pelicans at Nets. We got Zion and we got Ben Simmons. October 19th the second day of the season we got pelicans at nets and i want to see what Zion looks like if ben simmons still plays basketball and you know what should have happened but this game is on league pass 
I'm like, can we, we get a little, can we get a little ESPN? Can we get a little NBA TV going here? It's game two of the season. Everyone wants to see Zion, Kevin Durant, their stars in this game. That's the return I am most looking forward to. There's no real history between these squads, but I just want to see. I'm so interested in all these guys. Are they going to play? What are they going to look like? Yeah, I I assume that Zion is going to play, right? He He's healthy, to. right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, he has to play. <laughs> And very good question there. I wonder what he looks like. I wonder <laughs> if he, he avoided to. his contract already. No, he's going to be fine. He's going to be lean. He's been having skinless, boneless turkey breasts, I've heard from my people. Well, I think he is going to play, and I think he's going to be looking good because I did see that he was uh, in the NBA 2K suit recording his dunk package the other day. The I saw that week. same clip. So I think he, so he's back. Zion's back, baby. You're not going to get into a skin tight suit followed by cameras. If you're feeling a little plump, like you're going to slim up. You're going to like UFC cut weight. (laughs) And when you're getting in a skin tight suit, they'll be recorded on a game until that disc dies out. Like, right, right, right. He didn't eat for five days before that. (laughs) No gumbo that week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So who's your best return? What's the best return? So I had, I took it a little bit differently. I took it as a player that got traded returning, Mm -hmm. returning back, kind of a return to how things once were, um, which, you know, used to play and now they're playing again. But I had mine. You mentioned this game earlier, I believe, November 22nd. Nets at Sixers for the return Mm. of Ben Simmons to the court, the return of Kyrie Irving to the court playing against James Harden. I think that little point guard matchup is going to be really fun. I think Ben Simmons actively playing again in Philadelphia, again, kind of like Zion. I'm assuming he's playing, but until he really suits up, we'll see. I just think that game has a lot of storylines. Can we talk for one second, basketball pivot, because I'm here with my friend just talking b-ball. The Sixers just got Montrez Harrell. Like, yeah, they have a backup center now. That was the one thing we were like, oh, man, like they really don't have a backup center. That could cause some issues. And they got, I don't know, maybe the best backup center in the league. Exactly. A guy that started a bunch. Yeah. Yes. De'Anthony Melton, P.J. Tucker, Montrez Harrell. That's their bench. Like, that could be three starters with two superstars next to them. Like, this team is so deep. Daryl Morey is loading up for this year. I mean, we talked about this already, and we'll talk about it more as they get closer to the season. But this Sixers squad, like, they just seem loaded, especially with the Nets still up in the air health-wise. And, like, what is their team even going to look like? The Celtics losing Danilo Gallinari already. The Bucks, Chris Middleton may not start the season. Like, are we going to be going into November 26th at this game, staring at the Sixers dominating the Eastern Conference already? Is that possible? I think it's going to happen. I mean, we weren't super impressed with what we saw from the Nets this past season. I know Kyrie didn't really play. They're back. Let's see what they look like. 
And James Harden's in an excellent position. He doesn't have to be the Houston James Harden. Embiid's going to lead that team. Harden just has to be pretty good. He has to be the Nets James Harden. He has to be distributor James Harden. Yes, he does. And he's been doing a great job of distributing apparently a very high quality wine that he came out of this summer. I have seen the bottle. I will not drink it. Uh, <laughs> because I will not support that man in any aspect of basketball or sommelieing. Interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll pick it up, James. I'll pick it up. <laughs> that return is going to be extremely intriguing. And I think the best rivalry in the conference between the actual players, right? I mean, uh, you got Celtic Sixers, which has a history of forever and ever and ever, but like Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum, like, do they care about each other? Like Jalen Brown, like they don't, they don't hang like James and Durant. They hang, they hang so hard. Durant almost went to the 76ers for a weekend. Like that was crazy. But with all that being said, we got a lot more of the schedule to talk about, and we're going to do that starting with a little present after the break. We are back. This past weekend, the NFL season kicked off, and there was just the rush of games. There's nothing really in the NBA like those 30 minutes when the noon games in the NFL are finishing noon, Central Standard Time. But the NBA does have these, like, Big days where it's just like game, 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 back to back to back to back to back, and it kind of spreads itself out. And one of those days is the Christmas Day games. Now, this year, the NFL is also intruding on that day because it falls on a Sunday, I believe. A little aggressive from the NFL, but that's okay. <laughs> Outrate the NBA games by millions and millions of people. That's fine. I'm going to be watching the Christmas Day games, and the one I am most interested in watching is bucks at celtics is that yours jr that is also mine i think it's pretty clearly the the best game of the day (laughs) it's the best game because it could be honestly it could be i mean that could be the two best teams the eastern conference might be the two best teams in the league exactly jason tatum should get better still he's still in the should get better every year still category and you got Giannis, who's he needs to have a Christmas Day show out. Like, he hasn't had that, like, 50-piece on Christmas. He hasn't gotten his Christmas nuggets. Yeah, here's the thing. Giannis, you want a couple MVPs, <laughs> defense player in the air. But what have you done for me lately? You got <laughs> knocked out of the playoffs. Are you the best player in the world? Let's see on December 25th. Give us a Christmas present, Giannis. Give us a little taste. Oh, man. Yeah, there's some other good games. You got the 76ers Knicks to kick it off. But this Bucks celtics you like the Eastern Conference just feels a little more Christmassy, doesn't it, JR? It does. It does. It's just snowy. It's cold. It feels what it's like. Oh, cool. It's 85 degrees on this Phoenix afternoon. Like, oh, cool. Santa Claus is coming to town. It's like, he's not coming to Phoenix. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 
we got the Christmas Day locked up. We talked about the NBA rivalry week. We got a few more interesting things to talk about. Highest scoring game. Uh, I went with Grizzlies Kings. There was lots of options here, but I got January 1st for a very specific reason. It's January 1st, folks. <laughs> They're in Memphis. <laughs> These guys, if they play, are not stopping anyone. They're going to be hungover. It's January 1st. They don't want to go to work. It's all league pass. The league doesn't even want to show it. It's Kings Grizzlies. Kings ain't stopping nobody. Jaron Jackson may not be back yet. John Morant's going to be a sieve. You party hard in Memphis when you go to Memphis, especially on New Year's Eve. I think this could be no one wants to win this game. Triple overtime, quadruple overtime. Obviously very difficult to predict a single highest scoring game in the NBA season. But really, once I saw there were games played on January 1st, it was a lock. It's a Sunday, so it's Saturday, New Year's Eve, going into a Sunday? I mean, come on. This this is one of the better takes that I've heard in a long time. <laughs> this game may just turn into all 10 players on the court decide, let's just have a dunk contest. Let's not <laughs> play. Who's forcing us to play? Let's just exactly. have fun. No one is working on their, you know, Defensive stops in this game. Now, in the lowest scoring game, I had to shout out our squad. Pacers, Spurs, Thursday, March 2nd. These teams are going to be in full out tank mode. If I see Kelvin Johnson play a game after the All-Star break, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> lose my cool and Spurs Pacers. Yes, they're tanking. So people could say, well, well, they're not going to play any defense either. Carter. What do you mean? These guys couldn't play offense if they tried. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think buddy healed and miles Turner will be in a far off land by this point. It's after the NBA trade deadline, the Spurs may have absorbed a few veteran contracts and maybe stole a couple first round picks from the Celtics and the Raptors again. And we're going to have some slow movers. This game isn't getting above. I'll say total 164. (laughs) (laughs) We're going back to the eighties people. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Did you have your eye on a lowest scoring game? I did. And I had my eye, like you said, on basically every Spurs game. (laughs) And for the fact that you kind of mentioned, Keldon Johnson's going to be our leading scorer. So, I mean, I don't know who else it could possibly be. Not Sohan. Not not Sohan. I mean, maybe Devin Vassell. We're doing a little spur shoot around here, folks. Let's get into the weeds here. We got Josh Primo. I don't even know if he's going to start. He was looking jacked in that one picture. But, you know, angles can be deceiving. True. And Pop has never been one to say, hey, you only played in like six games this year coming off the bench in, in, yeah, in the last two minutes of blowout games. But why don't you start? Why don't you just go straight to starting? That's never happened before. Exactly. Um, Hey, but... I have a question for you. You think this could be a, a Trey Jones breakout year? You know, I love Trey Jones. 
first of all. <laughs> He's already broken out in my mind. He is, I'm about to get on Trey Jones' mountain here and scream from the top of it. He is the consummate backup point guard in the NBA. Very low turnovers. All right. He's dishing the assist, plays a little D, doesn't look for his own shot. His goal is to go out there and set up guys. I think he's the perfect point guard for this squad. I just want to see Kelton Johnson and Devin Vassell with the rock in their hands. And Pirtle, my boy Pirtle, if he doesn't lead the league in rebounds this year, I'll eat this shoe. <laughs> I just held up a shoe on the Zoom. It's my former DeJounte Murray New Balance Spurs colors shoe. And it's so beautiful. I have no use for it at this point. It is beautiful. And if, if Jakob Pertl doesn't lead the league in rebounds this year, I'll eat it. Yeah, we just, you can't, it's hard to pick anyone that's going to lead in any stat category on the Spurs because no one, no one should be doing anything. No. Uh, so Spurs who? Who was your matchup, the lowest score? Just Spurs anybody? Spurs anybody, but as a fun, <laughs> separate, non-Spur low-scoring game. Oh, I'm so sad. I'm not going to make it, JR. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. It's going to be a long season. <laughs> For my non-Spur low-scoring game pick, I picked a late game, April 6th. Ooh. The Thunder at jazz oh i think there's gonna be a race to see i think this is gonna be a must lose game for both of these teams towards the end of the season yeah they're both trying to tank we know the thunder will do anything to lose a game and we were talking on a previous pod about how hey thunder one of these years you gotta try to be good you can't just be bad forever um, but since the chat news came out, I think this is, we're in for a whole nother year. I think, like I said, I think both teams have huge incentive to lose, especially this late in the year. I think it'll be very clear what seeds we're trying to get. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fake offense happening on the court. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a Josh Giddy turned ankle before any non-playoff matchup against the Thunder. Like, this is just... It stinks because you want to see Chad healthy, obviously, but also as a Thunder fan, like it's time. And I really think they should try to win. Like you have to learn how to win. You can't just be like, and now we want to win now, please. Like that just doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen. You have to learn what it feels like to care about the crunch time moments when they matter. Not just when you're, you're chucking up threes, randomly and trying to beat the trailblazers i don't know why i picked them and put someone stank on their name i like that organization a lot actually i apologize sincerely i'll put out a memo later but we got to move on from these lowest scoring teams <laughs> got to move to one of my favorite categories which game will lead to the largest post-game twitter feud i have january 4th Heat at Lakers. I think Patrick Beverly, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, if Russell Westbrook is still on the squad, like, I just, this matchup 
the Heat are going to come into LA for the only time this season, and they're going to try to beat the brakes off them. Yeah, and I think they're going to, and I think Patrick Beverly is going <clears> to <throat> say something, and I think a, we're going to get a whole weekend of NBA content from that game. It's going to be dirty. The Heat are going to try to show out the Lakers at home, and it's going to lead to some feuding with LeBron ending it with like a laughy face emoji. But you know, like he sent his goons to take care of some stuff. Oh my gosh. I love that. Cause when we used to do the pod, we used to pick like, oh, which two players are going to get in a fight during this playoff series? In the Dimes archives, yes. In the Dives Kives. <laughs> Dives Kives. <laughs> Nick, leave it in. All right, yeah, continue. <laughs> and Pat Bev was a lock every 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 round, every matchup. Yeah. I don't really think it happened, but um, you can pencil that in for basically exactly what you said was going to happen. I'll pen it in. It's a pen. <laughs> <laughs> what Twitter fight are you predicting? Post game Twitter. I mentioned this game before, but I think that on January twenty eighth. Again, when the Nuggets go to Philadelphia mm. after the two Titans MVP battle, since since the whole universe seems to be split, you're either Team Jokic or Team Embiid. I think this game will decide a lot, and I think the fights, the Twitter oh. fights afterward, oh. are going to get nasty between fans. Between the fans. Interesting take. Are people fiery in Denver as a Denver local, JR? Can you speak for the major metropolitan area? You know, interesting you think uh, you brought that up. I think we have a perfect position to come into the NBA Twitter space hot and fiery this year. Oh, Because we've been laying back, injured team. And we still got the MVP two times, two times in a row. But guess what? Using a lot, using a lot of we there, Jr. Just as a huh. person, just huh, like using, a, using a lot of we there. But continue. <laughs> those, all those other not me Nuggets fans. <laughs> They're like, guess what? They have a fully healthy team this year <laughs> to back up the MVP, the two-time MVP, going for third straight. So I think. Nuggets Twitter is going to go off like never before. Wow. I'm excited for that. You know, you said, you just said that team Jokic or team and beat like picking one, obviously your team Jokic and you know, I like Jokic, but could be interesting if we had a pod divided here, if I just decided to throw myself fully behind the way better defensive and almost equal offensive player in Joel Embiid. I mean, who's had more playoff success Who's mm. taking his team a little further? Who really captures the heart of the city and gets the fans behind him than Joel Embiid? I mean, trust the process. He's got the whole city on his back. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, <laughs> team Jokic over here. I, I just couldn't really hear you <laughs> behind the two MVP trophies. So, um, so do I'll they just, give a second place trophy out? <laughs> <laughs> they should give a trophy out for having to deal with Ben Simmons. We'll see if Jokic's Amen. career could have survived that. I think we have a new, I got a new best rivalry going on right here on this pod, folks. We'll, <laughs> we'll see, see January 28th. <laughs> I got $1 on the 76ers to win that game. I'll, I'll match it. Let's go. It's a lock. 
So that is our breakdown of the NBA schedule. A few shout outs of just cool things that are happening this season. December 17th, Heat at Spurs, but not really. It's at Mexico City. Hey. Uh, yeah, really cool game. Um, trying to continue the international growth of the NBA. I was looking up like how far away is Mexico City? Not to go to the game, but I was just, you know, people have been talking expansion in the league. Everyone is really mentioning Seattle and Vegas is essentially just like that is going to happen. But Mexico City is close is a lot closer to some NBA franchises than like Portland. True. Yeah. Um, so you think about like in, in my mind, like Mexico City is so far away. It's only a two and a half hour flight from Dallas. Oh, from Dallas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, well, that's a lock. If they wanted to put a team there, they could. Um, heated Spurs, really cool. They'll probably have the L Heat stuff on their logos, which I think is kind of cheesy. But, <laughs> you know, sell more jerseys. Good for you, NBA. The other, never before seen, yeah, Bulls, Pistons, in Pewi, <laughs> the land of France. <laughs> I mean, dug it off the Eiffel Tower. Well, I'm glad that they picked Cade Cunningham to travel all the way to Paris. <laughs> and they were like, and we'll give you our longest standing central division rivalry, the Bulls and Pistons. I mean, you do got Tamar and Zach Levine, but, you know, Heat Spurs, at least you got a team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And, right. you know, it was a, it was a finals matchup. Yeah, well, finals matchup there a few years ago. <laughs> Mexico City fans are going to be like, Manu, Tony Parker, anyone around here? Okay, hold on. I mentioned his name. Did you watch the Hall of Fame speech that Manu Ginobili gave? I, I did. I did. It was emotional. Are you, are you okay? Because I'm not. <laughs> I am not okay. He. It was the perfect year for him to go in because he got his due. He got to be the last person. He was the best NBA player on the list. They like so we got to he was the last one to speak of the whole anyone entering the Hall of Fame that year. And you know, he shouted out his Argentinian national team. He shouted out many coaches. He gave a very emotional um thanks to his family, mostly in Spanish, which was like really moving even though i had no idea what he was saying like he just like he was like speaking obviously his first language his native tongue it was just really really cool to see him like that popovich was there tim duncan was there but the best part i don't know if you know where i'm going with this jr but the best part was you know he's thanking the spurs he thanks popovich he'd be like a dad to me thanks tim duncan kind of gives a weird little jab to tony parker where he's like hey like you know, it was your turn, my turn. I was like, wait, were they enemies or whatever? <laughs> you know, then he starts thinking the later guys, the Patty Mills, his international crew, Tiago Splitter, Bobo, Boris Diaw, who's probably no one could get a hold of him to come to the thing because he was sailing off the coast of Malta, <laughs> three three bottles of wine in, crashing into a sea turtle somewhere. <laughs> no, Bobo's a very safe driver. I'm not saying anything. I love Boris Diaw. But then he goes back. And he thanks uh, Michael Finley. And he thanks 
Bruce Bowen. He's like, hey, man, you made my life a lot easier. I didn't have to guard anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But there's one person who he didn't mention for one second. And that was Kawhi Leonard. He didn't say Kawhi's name. And it just, I'm not over it, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But Manu and Tony saw what Kawhi did to the franchise at the end. And he didn't, he didn't say his name. Yeah, JR. And it just, it, it doesn't reassure me because I don't want this to be true, but it just affirms my thought that it was extremely tumultuous at the yeah. end. And, you know, Tony Parker and Manu with the, the guys left saying, you know, sticking up for the Spurs organiza- organization as Kawhi you know, drove his way out of there. And I talk about this a lot because even though the Spurs are not going to win a lot of games this year and they shouldn't, it, our organization was set up correctly. There was not, yeah. Popovich is not going senile. <laughs> Him and RC Buford set up the team for success. And because of Kawhi Leonard's drive to get to Los Angeles, which was strong enough to push his way out of a team that won the championship in Toronto. Like, you just can't put that on Popovich. I'm real fired up about this. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. Colin Cowherd (laughs) did a little podcast about, he was doing a NFL afternoon game recap. He recorded like 20 minutes on a Sunday. He was talking about how Bill Belichick, is losing his way. He doesn't have an offensive coordinator. The Patriots look like trash. And he's like, yeah, these guys who have, these coaches who have had success for a long time, they just get arrogant and stuck in their ways. Look at Greg Popovich. Look at the Spurs, how many games they're going to win this year. You know, he couldn't get along with DeMar, couldn't get along with Kawhi, couldn't get along with DeJounte. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? I like lost it. And now I'm having to stick up here for my boy Popovich. <laughs> I just, I went way off the rails, JR, but I'm just (laughs) fired up. I'm ready for the season, but obviously we're not going to win a lot of games this year, but Popovich is one of the best coaches, educators, people that has ever had a leadership position in sports. No, it's true. It's true. And I'm sure non-Spurs fans are tired of us talking about it, but like, you kind of saw the collapse. We like stayed afloat with Demar for a few years, but like once Demar's gone, watch what happened. That's like what would have happened immediately after Kawhi left. Um, it has nothing to do with Pop, Tony, Manu. Like you said, we're kind of even during the whole thing. We're like, yeah, I don't really know what Kawhi's like doing. This is like not what we do here. Yeah, calling him out. So it's just it's a big thing. We're still in recovery mode. Still in recovery, and when you see Manu give that Hall of Fame speech, you, I just yearn for that. I mean, we were lucky. We were kids when the spur, when our franchise was at the peak of its greatness. I mean, you just don't, unless you're the Celtics or the Lakers, you don't get multiple peaks. You don't get to do a scratch and sniff of your favorite <laughs> like era of your team you just get one if you're the bulls you just get michael jordan like the heat you just get lebron james there's no like oh do i like the bill russell celtics or the larry birds like you don't get to do yeah. that and so we were lucky for that and to cap off the schedule 
We have something that could make NBA history. And that's January 13th. Got my tickets already. Warriors at Spurs. What NBA history you say? They're going to be playing in the Alamo Dome, not the AT&T Center where the Spurs normally play a basketball arena, but the Alamo Dome uh, where football games are held. The Alamo Bowl, that big uh, college bowl game is held. The Spurs used to play in this building, and the goal is to pack this place to the brim and set the NBA record for the highest attendance in history. The building holds upwards of 70,000. If you really cram them all in there and I'm going to be one of those 70,000, hopefully, you know, nothing goes wrong. And like the <laughs> toilets don't stop working or something because that's going to be packed. And the warriors are probably going to try to blow the roof off the place. But if we got 70,000 proud San Antonioans backing them, if you're from San Antonio, buy your tickets. JR, is there any chance the Spurs win that game? <laughs> no, and they better not. We better not win any game this whole season. <laughs> We're back. Back on the tank train. Took a little detour into Kauai Hate Island, but you steered me right back, JR. Oh, man. Any other final thoughts on the schedule? I'm just so excited. I think there was a category in its own that first week. I think they put some bangers in there. I think it's going to be real fun coming back. And then like we talked about, we have games all throughout the season to be excited about all the way through till the playoffs. Until the playoffs and, and the Spurs will not be a part of that, but we will see who will be a part of that. Lots of teams right now with high hopes that we'll see in about a month how many of those teams can actually do it. I'm excited. Uh, make sure you check out next week's pod, the Dimes pod. We'll have another pod coming out on Monday. The fantasy pod will get your fantasy team all cranked up and ready to go. Maybe your fantasy football season is already over. You drafted Cam Akers, perhaps, like <laughs> myself. <laughs> You're just questioning everything. Who could have seen that coming? Not I. <laughs> But if that's done, get ready for fantasy basketball. There's a whole other season coming up behind you with tons of potential. I'm Carter. That was JR. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.